to the High Praises Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now here's lead pastor, Chris Starr. chapter 8. So I told you earlier, I just want to preach this message today called The Devil is a Liar. And uh, it's a little revivalistic, a little camp meeting, but I also want to do some discipleship, some teaching. But uh, I believe God's going to touch some people today. John chapter 8, verse 43. Jesus is speaking. Why? And he's speaking to an antagonistic audience, by the way. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth... Why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words, and therefore you do not hear because you are not of God. All right, you may be seated this morning. Well, it's on the screen, but I'm going to preach it. The devil is a liar. Sometimes he lies flat out. Sometimes he tells half-truths. There's just enough in it to sugarcoat it to make you think that he might be right. But if you dig deeper and listen to what else he said, you realize it's totally wrong. Jesus said that the devil is a liar. He said he's the father of lies. He is the one that creates lies. If a person tells a lie or is deceptive, uh, inevitably the devil is behind it. It says, Jesus said in this text that he speaks from his own resources. If you can imagine that the devil has a vault or a pantry, or a room filled with words, and those words are lies. That's all he has. There is no truth in him. He can't help. He's a habitual liar. You remember that movie, Liar, Liar? It didn't need Jim Carrey. It needed the devil to star in it. He is a liar. Liar, liar, pants on fire. He lied to Eve in the garden. You don't have humanity on the earth any amount of time, any length of time, Uh, before the devil shows up in the form of a snake. I don't like snakes. How about you? And he shows up in the form of a snake, and he is lying to Eve. I'm going to show you what he did to Eve. I want you to look at this because we're going to learn some things. The first thing he did is he tried to get Eve to doubt the word of God. God put them in the garden. God gave them all these trees they, they could eat from, but he put one tree in, and he said, this tree is called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's my tree. You don't get this tree. You can't eat the fruit from this tree. In the day that you eat the fruit of this tree, you shall surely die. All right? That was the word of the Lord. Got it? The word of the Lord. The devil comes along, and the first thing he says is, Now, Eve, has God indeed said that you're not to eat of the fruit of that tree? Did God really say that? Now, see, he's trying to generate doubt. God did say it, but he's trying to get Eve to doubt 
God's word to her. Well, she bought into that. Seeds of doubt got into her heart, into her mind, into her spirit. And, and so the devil then lied flat out to her, just straight out lied. He said, God didn't say that. God didn't say that when you eat of the fruit that you're going to die. Well, he did say that. But see, he lied. He contradicted the word of the Lord. And what he did is he lied about the consequences of sin. You're not going to die. If you eat the fruit of that tree, God did, God's wrong. God doesn't know what he's talking about. You can't trust what God says in his word about right and wrong. You need to trust me. You're not going to die. And then the third thing he did, he told her another lie. He said, if you eat the fruit, you'll be like God. You can be like God. God's holding out on you. You can be God. You can be in charge. You can be in control. Well, here was the problem with that whole lie. She was already like God. Because the Bible says that God made man and Eve in his image. So she was already like God. And that's the problem that happens, that we don't realize who we are and what we already have. And the devil gets our eyes on something that we don't need and that will ultimately destroy us. And so he lied to her. And let me just say, if he lied to her, he's going to lie to you. The same filthy, stinking, dirty, rotten devil is trying the same thing with God's people today. And he always starts with doubt. He will say things to you. He will attempt to get you to, to lie, I mean to doubt the word of God, to question its validity, to question its relevance to your life. And let me tell you why this is so important. Doubting God's word opens the door of your mind to accept the lie of the devil. That's the first step. When you doubt, when you say, well, did God really say that? Does the Bible really say that? Did God really mean that? Or is that applicable today? Or was that just for the first century? And I'm going to explain it away and say it's not for today. You see, you start generating doubt. And when the doubt comes, the devil gets a, it's open season in your mind. The devil moves in to try to tell you lies. And by the way, the devil does the same thing not only with that, but he always also comes in and he'll lie about the consequences of sin. He'll tempt you to do something that's wrong, and you know that it's wrong, but he'll get you to doubt whether or not it's actually wrong. And now that you're doubting, he'll say, look, listen to me, it's not going to hurt you. You won't, you won't pay a price. You won't get pregnant. Okay, she won't break your heart. He won't, he won't abuse you. He won't, that, it won't, they won't fire you if you steal that from work. Okay, and, and so it's, it's, it, it, there's no consequences. Don't worry about it. All right, And so he'll say, doesn't it look good? You know you want it. You do what you want to do. You know what's better for you than God does. He always lies about the consequences of sin. And so the devil will say, you know, you'll, you'll say, well, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, can I, can, I, can I move? Can my boyfriend and I move in together? Okay? I, I want to serve God, but, I, you know, and, well, let me tell you what the Bible says. No, because when you move in together, you don't. You don't sleep in separate bedrooms and it doesn't work that way, okay? And i got to be careful because I think we have some children in here, but you, you get active, okay? And the Bible says that's sin. Good preaching, Pastor. You just, just slapped us in the face, just kicked us. I read Hebrews this week where it says the marriage, the marriage bed is undefiled and marriage is honorable, but fornication and adultery are not. They're sins. 
So, so the devil says, okay, well, you, you, your wife, your husband, you don't like him, they're getting you on your nerves, this, that, whether, here's an excuse, here's an excuse, cheat on them. doesn't matter. There's no consequences. You can do it. And then we start thinking, well, you know, maybe did God really say that you're not? Are there times that you can't listen? It's the way the devil works. Let me just tell you, you, don't, you can't sleep together, can't move in together, you can't cheat on your spouse, you can't steal something from work, okay? Hello? You, you, you can't smoke it, you can't steal it, you can't drink it, you can't say it because if God's word says that you can't do it, then I don't care what excuse the devil comes up, there will be consequences. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man or woman sows, that shall he or she also reap. You reap to the flesh of the flesh, you will reap corruption and it will always damage you and destroy you. You've always got to trust that God knows what he's talking about still lies the same way. He'll lie to make you think that you don't need God. You don't need God. You don't need church. You don't need to read that Bible. You know what's best for you. You're the captain of your ship. You're independent. You do what you want to do. You make up your own rules. You can do it, okay? You don't need God telling you what to do. See, it happens. Same thing that happened millennia ago, still happening today. Now, let me tell you why this is important. This is important because he lied to Eve, and guess what? He'll lie to you. And he does lie to you. He will use people, movies, song lyrics, screen images to put thoughts in your mind that seem true but are actually false. He will use the media, current culture, societal trends, and even news sources to try to deceive you and trick you. Now, you better listen to this one. And sometimes he even speaks his lies through religious people. I didn't say spiritual people, religious people. Religious people want you to think that they're spiritual. Religious people want you to think that they know more than you, that they know God better than you, that they're closer to God than you are, that they, that they have a right to speak what, what needs to be spoken, and they want you to think that it's God, okay? But in actuality, it's not God. It's, it, it, they don't realize it, but they're puppets of the devil. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it because they desire to control you with their devious words. And it's sad when you've got a religious person who doesn't even realize that they're the devil's tool. Now, let me just teach you something here. I'm giving you good stuff today because I want you to live right. Why do y'all think I get up here every week? For my health? I get up here because I want you to live right. Okay? So here's the thing. You will need to understand this. The devil doesn't want you to hear this. Here's the problem with the devil's lies. They do one of two things. They tell your flesh what it wants to hear. And then they tell, or they tell your spirit man or woman what it does not need to hear. Are you getting that? Okay, so let me just explain. When the devil lies to you relative to your flesh, we have this treasure treasure in earthen vessels, jars of clay, right? Okay, and so your flesh wants sometimes to do things that is wrong, okay, because the flesh is corrupt. Even though you get saved, you have to battle the flesh until you're glorified one day, okay? So you battle the flesh. So even though you're saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, there are times... I remember Lorian Livingston preached one time. He said, you can fast till your eyes are sunk in your head. Come off that fast, and the first good-looking woman that goes by, those eyes are going to pop out. 
And what he was trying to say was, you can get as spiritual as you want to, but you still have a body that you live in, and you have to fight the fight against your flesh. There are three enemies of your soul, the devil, this this sinful worldly system, and your own flesh. And so the devil puts things in front of you, tempts you, tells you things that will appeal to the flesh and appeal to you to make decisions to gratify your fleshly desires that are contrary to God. You'll do, you'll sin, okay? Or if he can't do that, he will use people or things to speak against your spirit and, and try to pull you down and tell you things that are not true but get you to think like you're not good enough or you, you're, you're, ne- you're never going to be able to please God or you failed in the past and that one failure, you can never get past that. You can never get beyond that. God can never use you in ministry. See what I'm saying? He uses things to either lie, to, tear, to, to, to feed your flesh or to tear down your spirit. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Now, the reason I'm telling you this, because recently, I'm going to be a little personal. It's very interesting, the last two weeks, last two weeks from Sunday back, recently, the devil tried to use two women that I really don't know, who through various means spoke to me, wanted me to think they were religious, they were knowledgeable, wanted me to think that they had authority to speak into my life. It was obvious to me they wanted to control this church. They wanted to control what happened in this church. They wanted to control me. But they wanted to veil it in religious. It was a spirit of religion. And they veiled it, though, and and couched it in terms to make me think that they had a right to speak to me. And in doing so, they lied about my preaching. They lied about my own spiritual relationship with God, my own spiritual health. And they even lied about you. I had him telling me that, well, you don't preach like you used to preach. I heard you at the school, and you used to preach different in the school. You don't preach the same. You're not as spiritual as you used to be. Well, who died and made you God? I thought the Bible says that a servant answers to his own master, each and every one. That's what Paul said. I can show it to you. You don't answer to me, and I don't answer to you. I answer to God. Boy, this, these people started lightning on me. I, you know, I, I'm starting to think, wow, so I'm, is it that obvious? I'm not spiritual anymore? And then my education in college and book knowledge ruined my preaching, you know. And, man, I was getting, you don't know, both these women, I got earfuls. And, and then I'm not spiritual. And, you know, we've changed the lights, and it's too dark in here for anybody to worship the Lord. And, and, uh, and, 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 and it's too loud. And, I, you know, we got a lot of these things were coming against me. And, and, and that's why your church isn't spiritual anymore. You're not like, and, and by the way, y'all aren't spiritual. Sorry, I tell you that, but y'all aren't spiritual. Okay? And, and you're not as spiritual as former congregations that used to go here. I'd hate to tell you that, but you're just not as spiritual. And, uh, and so, you know, you're, I'm listening and I'm having to deal with these lies that are coming against me and coming against this church, and, and, and what was so sad, they were lying spirits of the devil, and they were puppets of the devil, and bless their hearts, they didn't even know them. They didn't even know it. But let me tell you what the devil tried to do through them. The devil tried to get them to doubt and question my relationship with God, question my spiritual leadership, question my spiritual health, question this church. The devil wanted other people to control me in this church. But just for the record, I did not fall for the lies of the devil because the Bible says we are not ignorant of his schemes 
You say, Pastor, how'd you overcome? I defeated the devil's lies to me by standing on the truth of God. So I'm going to give you three things. I'm going to disciple you right now, okay? By the way, I've been preaching like this for 31 years, okay? So I, I still preach the way I preach. I'm just more seasoned than I used to be. Some of you better be glad I don't preach like I did in that school because I was a little chippy. Y'all think I'm chippy now? You should have seen me back then. Okay, but let me give you three truths. These are so simple, they may be insulting to your intelligence, but I don't care. Here's truth number one. The devil will always tell you a lie, but God will always tell you the truth. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie. So if you're hearing something from somebody or a source, and that source is telling something to you that you're saying, wait a minute, that's not true. That's not true. It's coming from the devil. And if somebody says something to you that you, you know and you respect and you have confidence in this person, uh, or it's the word of God, or you're hearing it through a sermon or whatever, it's in the Bible, and it speaks into your life, even if it makes you uncomfortable, if it comes from God, it's the truth whether you like it or not. Here's, here's truth number two. You can never trust what the devil says to you, but you can always trust what God says to you. Okay, Psalm 119 verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. When the devil says something to you, it's not true. It's a lie, and you can automatically write it off and don't give it any credibility. But if God says something to you, you've got to trust it. If he talks about moral issues, you've got to trust it. If he says something's right, y'all, somebody better hear me this morning. If he says something is right, I'm telling you, you can trust me. It's You can trust him. It's right. And if he says something, something is wrong, you better trust him that it's wrong. If he says don't do something, trust him and don't do it. If he says you ought to do something, then trust him and do it because God cannot lie. You can always trust God. If you don't even understand it, I don't understand why he says I got to do this. Doesn't matter. Trust him. You'll see. Trust me. You go through the process, you'll begin to, your eyes will open. You say, oh, hey, God knew what he was talking about. Imagine that. Here's the third truth. Lies of the devil will enslave you. But God's truth will liberate you. Lies of the devil will always enslave you. It'll bind you up. But when you get God's truth, baby, it'll set you free. That's why Jesus said in John 8, 32, we read, we read John 8, what we, 8, 43. If you go back to verse 32, he said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, how do you overcome the devil? I'm going to teach you. Y'all ready? How many, want to, how many want to live in victory? You want me to help y'all? Okay, here we go. Here's how you overcome the lies of the devil, and you don't have to live uh, with the devil having victory over you, but you can have victory over the devil. Here's number one. You read the Bible regularly because that is the source of truth because that's God's word to us. You listen to sound preaching. Hopefully that's why you're coming here. Because you know that when I get up here, by the help and the grace of Almighty God, I'm going to preach the unadulterated word of the Lord. If you notice I don't preach politics, if you notice I don't, I don't preach my opinions, I try to always take you back to the word. If you want to get mad at me, don't shoot the messenger. Take it up with Jesus. Okay? That's why you need to hear sound teaching. You need to be in a sound, in one of our life groups. Or you listen to good, make is good.
Take, you read the Bible. Why do you think the, the devil wants to keep you from reading the Bible, get you too busy, get you tired? Why do you think he does that? Because he wants to speak into your mind, but he doesn't want God to speak into your mind through his word. Okay? Now, you just put, curl your shoes up and uh, curl your toes up in your shoe. But if you get on, the, on the, get on your phone and spend two and a half hours on Facebook and then the Holy Ghost says, well, what about me? You want to read? And you say, I'm too tired. That's just wrong. Okay? Well, you say, how do I fix it? I'm just a pragmatist, man. Pick up your phone and before you hit the F app, hit the Bible app and then start reading some of God's word and get in that. And after you've read that about five or six or 10 or 12 verses or a chapter, then you say, okay, now I've heard from the Lord. But now I get on Facebook. Might help you do a little better dealing with Facebook. You've got to read the word. Stop making excuses because the devil is over there in a the corner laughing at you because you've got to read the word. You've got to listen to the word. You've got to stay in the word. You know why preachers fall? A lot of preachers fall because they quit reading the Bible to hear from God. They read the Bible to get a sermon. That's true. I'm telling you something about what I do for a living. That's why a lot of them fall because they stop having devotions. And I learned that long ago. And so what I do is I pray just to talk to Jesus for me. And I get in the Bible just to read the Bible for me. And what I found out is when I do that and stay close to the Lord, he'll begin to open my eyes and show me things from my devotions that I don't have to flip 12 different pages trying to figure out something to bring to you every week. You know where this sermon came from? It came from prayer time while I was out walking those streets in my neighborhood talking to Jesus while I was praying. The Holy Spirit began to speak to me. I had to pull my phone out. I always take my phone in case I get, you know, abducted by aliens or something happens that I got to have my phone. And so I have my phone and I'm hitting the notes app, hitting, I'm talking into my phone the things that God's given me. Went back to my study in my house, put that thing down, started writing this message, man. Listen. That's what we got to learn. God's word comes from, or to us and the truth from reading God's word. You guys got to read the Bible. That's why I do read and pray and pray and read and read and pray and pray and read. That little mantra we've done for 21 years. Why do you keep doing that, Pastor? Because that's how you beat the devil. Second thing is you got to believe it. You got to believe what you're reading is true, and then you got to accept it as God's absolute moral truth for you. I bet people say, I know the Bible, I know what it says, and I know what, I know what it says there, but it doesn't say that to them. I had a guy who used to sit in the front row right here, somewhere right here years ago, he and his wife, and this, this cat was knowledgeable. He was knowledgeable. He'd come up sometimes, he'd say, you know what, I heard you preaching. He said, I could tell you every next point. He said, in my mind, I was formulating your sermon. He said, I can tell, I knew the scriptures. He said, I, I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, it's amazing. I, yeah, but he was living with a woman. I thought, well, you might know what I'm preaching. But evidently, it ain't took. Come on. You got to accept it. So Thomas Jefferson was a former president of the United States, founding father. Thomas Jefferson wrote a Bible. It's a Jeffersonian Bible. They have it. I think it's in the Smithsonian. Smithsonian. But I'm not making this up. Go read it. it this is absolutely true. And Thomas Jefferson uh, decided that he was going to write his own Bible. What he did is he took the, the existing Bible and he used a snippet and clip it approach and every, every miracle that he didn't like, every story he didn't like, he just cut it out. That's not a lie. Cut it out. It's called the Jefferson Bible. But I'm here to tell you this morning, if you're going to live for Jesus, you can't have a snippet and clip it approach to God. When you open that Bible, you got to read it and if it, if it bears light on some part of your life that's not right, you have to say, God, 
I can either sit here and lie to you or make excuses or I can just declare, you know what, Lord, you're right and I'm wrong and I repent and change my life. That's what the Bible does. The word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder. It does surgery. It cuts out the stuff that you don't need inside of you. So you have to get in that Bible and read it and let it read you. And you have to say, I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what Oprah says. I don't care what pop culture artists says. I don't care what actors and actresses say. I don't care what the news sources say. I don't care what societal trends say. I don't care what all my friends say at school or in university or college or, or, or my friends that I run around with. I don't care if they all say it's wrong. God said it's right. I don't care if they say it's all right to do this. God says it's wrong, and I'm going to go with God, and I'm going to side with God. Because that's my third point. You read the Bible, you listen to good sound preaching. If you want to do this now, second, you believe it and you accept it as your truth. And third, when you hear a lie of the devil, and it doesn't agree, obviously, with God's truth that you know, what do I do, Pastor? Reject it. Reject it immediately and always side with what God said. That's it. Preach is easy, but everybody here knows it's harder than it looks, isn't it? Thank God you got the third person of the Godhead living inside of you named the sweet Holy Spirit, and you got what you need. You've got who you need inside of you. Everybody can do it. Jesus was in the wilderness. Just got baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist, and then the Spirit of the Lord drove him, led him into the wilderness. He fasted for 40 days. It was a miraculous fast. You can't live that long without water. But he fasted 40 days and 40 nights miraculously. And isn't it, isn't it something that when you try to get close to God, the devil shows up? That's exactly what happened here. And by the way, if, you're, uh, if you're, you know, you're saying you're saved, but you see how close you can live to the world and everything you say and do, and by the way, I can, I can pretty well know how, where you are. All I got to do is just look at the pictures you put on Facebook. You might want to be careful what you're posting on there. And then come in here. All right? Yeah. <laughs> ain't going to be nobody here next Sunday. <laughs> That's why I'm not on Facebook. But Leah is. Sometimes the pastor's wife's worse than the pastor. trying to live, trying to say you live for Jesus but you're trying to see how much you can be like the world don't worry the devil won't show up he's already got you it's when you get serious about God you go after God, you get a target on your back the devil will show up so the devil shows up did the same modus operandi like he did with Eve started with doubt if you are the son of God turn these stones into bread if you are the son of God Cast yourself down off this pinnacle from the temple. Let the angels. He, by the way, quoted scripture. The devil knows the word better than you, by the way. 
That'll mess you up. Some you can't quote two, three, four. He could probably quote the whole Bible. He did. When you start quoting scriptures back at God, that's pretty bold. That's what he did. Think about that. If, if you are the son of God, bow down and worship me. Same thing, if, if, if. See, Jesus was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. He knew he couldn't, there's no way he was going to get through the divine nature of Christ. I've told you for years, the, 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 incar the, the incarnation, the Christmas story, was never the subtraction of deity, it was just the addition of humanity. So he was 100% man. But we understand that. That's why we connect with Jesus, because he connected with us. He had to become made like his brothers, brethren, the Bible says, brothers and sisters, to be the captain of our salvation. Aren't you glad he did it? Thank God for the babe in Bethlehem. Amen. Thank God. And so the devil targeted his flesh. See, he knew he couldn't hit the spirit, but he went after his flesh. You're hungry. You, you, you got to go to the cross and it's going to hurt. Do this and you can bypass it. You need to start your ministry. Here's how you can, here's how you can bypass the slow process of, of gaining the momentum just throw yourself down from the pinnacle and do something sensational right there in the center of Jerusalem and you will have instant popularity and fame. See, it appealed to his flesh. That's how the devil works. Does the same thing with you. Does it with me. Did it to Jesus. Then he half lied to him, quoted scripture. Then he flat out lied to him. If you'll just bow down and worship me, see all these kingdoms of the world, I can give them to you for their mind to get. Do you think he would have given him anything? No, as a matter of fact, if he would have sinned, it, oh, the consequences of that would have been horrendous. The devil tried to come against me. How did Jesus overcome the devil? If you know this story, you know the answer. If you don't, every time the, the devil said something to him, this is what Jesus did. <clears throat> Listen to me, Jack. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Listen, pal, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Listen, slick, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. He stayed in the word, and that's what you have to do. Y'all see that? And because the devil knows the same word that you're going back at him, he can't fight it. Now, let me show you something that God showed me. I didn't read this in a book. I read, I got this from the book. The Bible says, and it's in, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 11. Then the devil left him for a season. Just want you to know, when you beat the devil, just enjoy it because he'll be back. If you try to live for God, he'll be back. But it says that the devil left him for a period of time, and then what, this was it. Then the angels came and ministered to him. Isn't that cool? He's out there by himself in the wilderness. He's hungry. The fast is over. He's beat the devil, and angels came and ministered to him. Here's a lesson that God showed me this week. When you're fighting the devil and the lies of the devil, stand in the word, make that stand, and now listen to me. Don't ever fight alone. You got to have somebody to fight with you. Anybody that's ever been in a real fight will tell you it's not good to fight by yourself. It's always easier to win a fight if you got some backup. 
right? And so I learned. I always wondered, what did the angels do when they ministered to him? Now, you all know I have a, a creative imagination, you know, a little bit. And so I, my mind started, I'm like, did they bring him a Big Mac? Did they go up here to Longhorns and get him a Flo's Filet? Got him a 12-ounce, a big one, with a baked potato and some sautéed mushrooms and a salad on the side? And if they're southern angels, sweet tea? Right? Honestly, that's in my mind. What does that mean that the angels came and ministered to him? Did they just pat him on the back and say, they're there? I've always wondered, and this week I felt like the Lord gave me an answer. Because, listen to me, when the devil lies to you, and you come back against it with the truth and you get the victory, there's all, that person may leave, but the battle's still on. Right here. Right here. Sometimes in here. The seeds are there. So you're, you're fighting through it. And in, and in not the divine nature, but the human nature and that mind that Jesus had, that human body, I wonder if what the devil said was having an, an adverse effect on him. He was trying to process it. And it. You know what I think the angels did? I think the angels showed up and said, Oh, Holy One, because he was their creator. Oh, Holy One, Son of the living God, your Father has sent us. We heard what our former companion, patriot, Lucifer, said to you. But the Father sent us here to tell you everything he said to you was a lie, and don't you believe it. We have known you since the day you created us. You are the Holy One of Israel. You are the God in whom we cry, Holy, Holy, Holy. There is no deception or lie in you. You are perfect in all your ways. You are omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, eternal, immutable. You are the most high God. You are Elohim, El Shaddai, Adonai, Yahweh, and we worship you, and we came to tell you in this state that you are in is, is Christ incarnate. You have a mission. You have a purpose, and the devil did not say one thing that's true to you. You keep doing. The Father said you keep doing what he's called you to do. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the anointed to what go forth in his pleasure and go forth in his power and go do what he's called you to do and go be who he's called you to be and finish the task. That's what we're telling you to do. That's why we're here. And the Bible says that he returned from the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. See, that's what had to happen to me. I had to deal with somebody during this service last Sunday. One of those women, I stood in the truth, came back. You get a little holy ire that gets inside of you in those times. Got through this service, got out here watching God using our, our speaker last week with a powerful word. Wasn't that a powerful word from God? And I mean, God liberated people and touched people. I'm talking about life changing. I know their stories. Went out to eat. Went home, and the battle was still on. Why would she, why would anybody question my spirituality? I pray every day about it. I, I read my Bible. I'm, I try to not sin. I do it every once in a while, but I keep it under the blood. Why, why would, see, doubt. Why would somebody want to come in here and attack this church? I mean, I know the stories. I know what God's doing, but why? Why would they want to do that? Why would they want to? Why, why are they comparison? And you start wondering, well, is there? Yeah, see, because you know, there were criticism. You always look for an element of truth. That's wisdom. And I'm just, and I'm like, well, do, do 
we not worship like we used to? Well, let me just be honest with you. Some of you don't. Thanks a lot, Pastor. You just kicked us in. Yeah, I did. Some of you don't. Some of you don't. If I had to judge your spirituality by how you worship in these services, I think you're a serial killer. I mean, I'm being extreme, of course. Right? Okay. By the way, I don't know how many congregations I've pastored in 21 years from those days in the school. I told somebody the other day, if I kept everybody that's been through these doors, this church would run five to 10,000 in 21 years. By the way, 21 years ago, I started with a bunch of church people, seasoned. I had a vision from God that I can prove it with. They liked to worship the Lord. They, they knew how to worship the Lord. Some of you, you're unchurched. Look around this room and all the young adults that are in this place. I don't know why you millennials keep coming in here. I don't know why you put up with this old man. I don't know what it is about me or this church. I don't think it's me, but maybe you're just tolerating me. I don't know. Bishop Perkins said, good Lord, I was looking at all the young adults that were out there. I said, no, they just keep coming. I love it. Personally, I love it. Hey, look, I'm dressed hip, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay up with it. Okay? But, but, I, but some of you, you have no idea. You're clueless. I have to know that as a shepherd. I'm trying to help you, though. Some of you all get in church and just do this. You know, revival would break out. He raised his hand. laughing but it's true seeds I went, to, I went to bed that night I was bothered I was in battle see I was in battle the person left the devil had me I was in battle Pastor T you were there I got up the next morning man I was in bad shape I thought I'm tired of this I'm tired of putting up with this. I'm tired of the same up and down and tired of the fights. And I'm thinking maybe I just need to resign and leave and get up, just go find something else. Get me another job somewhere. Just I've done this 31 years, time to quit. I you don't know what's going through my head. I was walking up the sidewalk and I'm thinking, I said, God, not to walk in the office. If you don't help me, I need encouragement. I'm down. See, that's how the devil said, but you're the pastor. It doesn't matter. That's what I'm trying to tell you all today. So we got in staff meeting. We had all the things we talk about at staff meeting. We got to the end. And some, a couple of them said, what happened Sunday morning? I said, well, I'll tell you what happened. I told them the story. You know what happened, how to deal with the situation. I, te- I use that for teaching moments with them. And all of a sudden, I said, let me tell you something. I said, I'm going to be transparent before you. I said, I'm struggling. I said, I'm in a battle right now. I started opening up, just sharing some of the things I felt. I was very vulnerable at that moment. When I finished, I'm the old guy, so I'm the guy that's always encouraging my younger staff and training them and discipling them and mentoring them and coaching them and teaching them. And something wonderful happened Sunday morning, Monday morning. It started with my youngest son who's on staff. He said, Dad, I don't know what anybody else is going to, this table is going to say, but he said, I'm going to tell you, Dad, right now, he said, I know you. He said, not one thing 
that was said to you is true. He said, you don't even believe one thing that that's nothing but the devil. He said, I know you, and I know this church, and I know what God's doing. And, I, and I, he said, you don't even listen. And then every one of my staff went around the table. Pastor T and all of them just started saying, but you need to be encouraged, Pastor. Don't you let that get you down. None of that stuff is true. And, and they just poured it. See, the angels, the angels came and ministered to me. I'm not going to tell you what Pastor Amy said. Something about, just, I'm an old Calhoun Falls girl, due west girl, something, just let me, something next time. Hand, I don't know, but we're just not going to go there. She got defensive over her pastor. You've you got to have somebody to stand with you and to help you. And what you'll find is when those people who love, so what you say, Pastor, what are you telling us to do? If you're, if, you're, if you're battling that something, you need to get with a pastor, get with an elder of our church, get with a church leader, get with a spiritual coach, a spiritual mentor, someone who you love and loves you. Don't get somebody who's, who doesn't have that ability to discern and, and, and filter through you know, I use that word discern, not in a gift of discern, but just be able to filter through and see what's happening and with love and grace and compassion strengthen you and encourage you. You need somebody who can be honest, but somebody who loves you. Get that person and tell them what you're wrestling with and let God use them like an angel to minister to you. And when, and when they do, let me tell you what's going to happen. Like a flood will come in and wash whatever residue of that devil's life. It will wash it away and you'll walk away free telling you it's the truth thanks for listening be sure to join us sunday mornings our service times are nine o'clock and ten forty-five. for more information please visit us at highpraises.org